Yo. What's happening? What's happening with you, sir? Man, it's another Sunday night. Did the donkey ride in? The donkey <laughs> rode in. The donkey rode in. The donkey. <laughs> the donkey rode in. Come on, you know what you want to call it. <laughs> now that's religiously incorrect. <laughs> Where every every preacher takes their liberty to say the word ass at least ten times in a sermon because they can't say it no other time. Call no names and bear no blames. One said, and he rolled that ass, and he rolled that ass, and he rolled that. <laughs> rolled it, ride it, cowboy. Man, what is happening? What's going on, Alex Jameson? My man Dave, Sister Blair, how you doing? Now we got the sanctified people on. We got to stop cussing now, Jeff. On Sunday is over, but we Jesus came in on a coat. He came yes, in. Sir. He came in, and he uh, he he came in. We laid the palms down, laid the jackets down. Um, what else did they lay down? Uh, they burdens. <laughs> they burdens down down by the riverside. Well, I, I talked about the donkey. I talked about him being untied or being tied up, tamed, and outside. Tied up, tamed, and outside. Untamed and outside. Untamed mm-hmm. and outside. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And how did that go? It, it w- went over extremely well, man. It went over extremely well. Yeah, you know, I, I just compared it to many of us who, who, who are – uh, you know, not housebroken. We are untamed, and oh, we ain't housebroken. We just do it all over the house, huh? Hey, you know, you know, a, a good a good house pet not, knows not to go at least not to go inside the house. At least don't go in the house. At least don't. At least go outside and do. If you go mess up, at least go outside and make a mess. Right. So listen, yeah. listen. Those of you who are tapping in, God bless you. We ask, do us a favor, man. Share the video, amen. Click share, click that share button. It's real simple, just click the share button. If you want to do a watch party, do a watch party, whatever you got to do, share, click, like, love, heart, comment, whatever. Do that though, but but make sure you share the video, amen. If you like our content, and this is a this is a great show to do it on because this is uh Pastor Todd, myself, extremely real and raw. So, real and raw, great episode to do, really raw and raw and real. Lady Charlene, Pastor Tatum, hey, Kat, we see you all in here. It's good to see you. Get those views up. Get those numbers up. It's always good. If you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook, we appreciate it. Uh, This is Ask a Black Pastor Night. Yes, sir. This is Ask a Black Pastor. We we are black pastors, Jeff. I'm quite sure we are. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're black pastors. Hey, I was I was watching. I have a revelation. I have a revelation from the Lord. Go ahead, go ahead. We're black pastors. That was a revelation. Listen, I was watching a show the other day. I don't even know what it was. And the guy was like, he's like, uh, you're a pastor. He always a comedy comedian. He said, you're, you're, you're a pastor. He said, are you at a black church or a white church? He said, mix. Ain't no mixed church. He said, what's the name of your church? Is it, is it, is it new, uh, is it Beth, Bethel Lutheran? <laughs> he said, he said, what's right. What do y'all listen to? He's a hill song. He's in his white church. <laughs> right, white right, church. right. So. Well, before we get into it, I'm going to let Jeff, uh, I'll be the graphic guy, and you can talk about Phillips Care Cleaning and Lawn Care. I'll put up the cleaning one first. If you could recognize our sponsors, and I'll put up the first one and just talk about our wonderful sponsors and how we are so grateful to have them. 
We are so grateful. We are completely honored by, for our first sponsor. Surely won't be our last. Uh, Phillips Care and Cleaning Service. He does res residential and commercial. He is a great guy. Listen, he will clean it all. He will get you right and get you tight. I yes, don't know. Uh, Todd got one, but I'm he will get you right and get you tight. Oh but, man, you got that beat. You good. You good, man. <laughs> whether whether he is doing your church, your house, whatever it is, he will he will definitely get you right. So go ahead, give him a call. Don't waste your time on anybody else. Give this young brother, this this young brother here from the city of Warren, Ohio, a call. Uh Mr. Phillips Fernando, amen. Uh yeah, well, also do the lawn care. Yes, as well as the lawn care. He will get your yard right. You know, he does. He does plowing. He does grass cutting. He cleans up the yard. I don't know if he does. He might even. He might even do your garden for you. I don't know. Give him a call. I'm pretty sure he. I'm pretty sure he does it all. So he does it all. Call. <laughs> he, he said. Brothers, stewards. <laughs> man, thanks, man. Yes, appreciate Phillips Care from the Phillips family of businesses. Thank you for running that commercial. It's Ask a Black Pastor Night. Uh, we, we already started off with the. Is there a, a white church or a mixed church? But there's, uh, Charlene said, you can tell a church by its music. You can tell. Absolutely. Church. That, that to me is whether it's a white or black church. Now, a lot of my friends say, well, we're really mixed and it's mostly white, but we will do, you know, but they always do the safe black songs. <laughs> they don't do. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. What's the safe black song? When is the safe know, song? Uh, Israel. I was worth saving, you know. <laughs> By Anthony anything Brown, by anything by Israel, anything by Israel. You know, white churches do the safe black songs. They will not do uh, John P. Key. They're not going to do stuff that I have you speaking in tongues and uh, shouting and bucking. You know, you, you're not going to hear James Cleveland. You're not going to hear uh, Shirley Caesar hold my mule. Karen Clark share. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to hear Karen Clark share. <laughs> clap your hands and praise him. You know. You're not going to, because that would be the worst shout ever. That'd be the worst. Absolutely. They absolutely. On the, the two to four, the one to three, and the five and the six. Tamala can do both. Tamala can do to take me to the king. No, no, black people can do both. Yeah, yeah. yeah Let's just be honest here. Black, black people can do both. Hey, for the longest, I thought that, um, Death could not. I thought that was a black song. I was just I was like, oh, black we make songs <laughs> ours. I mean, they, they, they're ours now. Like, we take songs, but like, they're ours now. What was that African movie uh, with the boat? Like, this is our boat now. I'm going to start. Give me, give me freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the one with Tom Hanks. It was the one with the. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. This is ours now. <laughs> That's how we take music. So, so there's a couple of things. You guys can punch your questions in. Ask a black pastor. We might touch on some stuff you was going to ask about, but but Jeff, let's let's start at the top. Little Nas X, wow. Little Nas X. So let, let's just break it down. We got a uh, a gay lap dance for Satan, okay? <laughs> in this video, we a, got, a, stripper uh, pole, a, a stripper pole to go to hell. Stripper pole to go straight to hell, mm -hmm. and then like something about some custom Nikes with with human blood in them. Have you seen well, those? That? Are real. Those are those, those are real. Yeah, yeah, but I guess to be clear, they are not official Nikes. They are like a, a third party custom, like they're taking Nikes and customizing them. So we want to be clear so Nike doesn't sue us. Right. But he's selling, I guess, the, the, the Devil 12s. I don't know if they're like Satan 11s, <laughs> the Go to Hell 8s. 
This is unbelievable. This was like a drop of human blood. So what do you think? I mean, what is, I mean, what have you been seeing? What do now, you think? To, to his, uh, I, I'm not going to call it defense because I, I think the video is actually sick and, and twisted. I, I do. I, I watched the video. I think it is sick and twisted. But to, you know, he, he, he obviously clapped back at his haters and he said, growing up, the the church because he he grew up in the church he said growing up in the church they talked on him told him he was going to hell and this and that so if we mad we gonna go ahead and be mad he wants us to feel the way he felt when he felt like they were judging him I don't know if that makes sense or not but that's that was his take and here here's my thing I I, I think and I'm I'm just gonna talk about me myself I'm gonna talk about me myself that. You know, in a, in an age, in an era where homosexuality, uh, lesbianism, whatever you want to call it, is is out there. It's out there. It's just there. Um, I'm not saying there needs to be a place in church for it, but there needs to be a, a place and grace for it. Uh, and so how do we how do we reach? those who are struggling in this area without sending them to hell. Okay, well that that's gonna be this could be a whole show by itself. I guess first of all you have to address that phrase struggling. Because this is not a struggle situation. This is an accepted this is an identity. This is I'm loud and I'm proud I'm talking about I'm not just talking about Nas X. Yes he's deaf but there I, I believe that there are some who yeah. are but I think that's shrinking. I, I think that's shrinking. I think the conversation has shifted from under the church from people who are struggling and all this to people who more or less are either demanding their place or have a point to make. Either they're demanding their port that either either demanding their place in the church, like we've seen with the Catholic Church and the different the Methodist Church and the Lutheran Church having these, you know, conversations about ordaining gay priests and whatnot, or 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 solemnizing homosexual marriages, either demanding a place. Or in the case of Lil Nas X and many others, demanding to make a point about the church. So either you want to make a place in the church for you or you want to make a point about the church. Now, one of my things, and I ran into this personally several times, is I wonder if essentially the point he's trying to make is, is great. It's it, it, it's cool to, uh, to affirm and whatever it is, I, I don't have a right to tell somebody what they can't be or do. I absolutely cannot. God is the ultimate judge and we do know what the word says and we have our convictions. One of my things is if you're trying to point out the problems of the church and the judgments of the church or the mistreatment in the church and the antagonism, the antagonism and the downtime, how does clapping back and purposely doing things that will offend and I'll show you. I mean, to me, it's almost like if you think the church is low in mm-hmm. how they treated you, You've sunk down to their level Absolutely. by clapping back. Now, that's me. To me, I keep running into people, whether they talk about hypocrisy in the church or judgment in the church, they seem to just keep throwing the same fire at the fire they're trying to address. So there, people might not like this. Maybe we have some people who, who are really on the side of that element, but I'll just say, and I'm not saying homosexual element, I'm saying that I got something to say to the church. To me, all this church bashing, all of this, you all a bunch of judgmental hypocrites, y'all ain't no good. To me, you're doing the same name calling you accused those church people of doing. Absolutely. And you're also doing what a lot of us have always hoped, especially as black people to do. You've lumped everybody together. 
You mm-hmm. never once say these few people treated me this way or this one church I went to treated me this way. You say exactly what we suffered from. All of y'all are like this. All y'all religious folk, all y'all Christian folk. And then if one of us pop up to be like, oh, well, not you. I ain't talking about you, Pastor Todd or Jeff. You're cool. But you've already made that broad statement that we all have suffered from. And I've been called out for saying that about white people and talking about justice and you white Christians and you this. I got to be clear. Some of you who hold these views, some of you who are a part of this, many churches have opened up. And and it's funny because I get this from the police. You know, you don't talk about the good. I could argue that about the church, too. You do not talk about the good. You do not talk about the fact that you can walk in many of our churches and not hear a daggone word about that old school fire in the hellstone bre- uh, preaching about homosexually picking on homosexuals. And I, I think, I think that is, that is something that, you know, I, I'm, my wife, even my wife have, has been on me because I have a lot of times I have went there because, you know, and I'm going to be honest about myself. I was very homophobic, homophobic. Mm-hmm. I, I was, and I, I just, I was very much against it. But when you come to realize that you know, and I mean, I, I don't, I don't like, and I, I saw uh, Sister Marla post. You know, it's the same as it's the same sin, and and and, and I understand the concept that there is no sin greater than the other, but the consequences of those sins happen to be great. You know, there's a <laughs> there, there there's a difference in the consequences of telling a little white lie, and the difference in the consequences of killing somebody. You go to jail to kill somebody, right? Absolutely. Yeah. There's a difference. There's a there's a difference, and there's a difference in the consequences. All I say, and all I say, and I, I you know, I'm, I know we got to move on because we got a lot of stuff to talk about. But I, I say this, and I and I'll say it over and over again that I do not argue the fact that somebody is born gay. I do not. I don't argue it. I, I don't. I mean, you know, you can talk about. I do. I will argue the fact that to be in Christianity, you must be born again. So even right. if you're born gay. There is a time that you have to be born again. So right. that's, that's my. Let me, let me hit this from a broad perspective, because I try to give a broad sort of humanistic perspective about sort of our social condition as it concerns religion and convictions. We are getting to a place and are probably already past the place, Pastor Jeff, where you're just not allowed to have a conviction that doesn't go along with popular culture. Mm-hmm. If I have a conviction that I don't like certain imagery or certain, you know, it was as simple as my dad and I want me to listen to rap music. You know, I don't want you to listen to all that curse words. There is such a vicious and violent backlash against just having any particular personal standard that we just label everything under judgment and hypocrisy. It's like a war. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not saying as a pastor, obviously I'm in this position, but I'm just as worn out about everybody being judgmental and hip and hypocrites. And, and of course, if I say, well, that's wrong. Well, I know some gay pastors and I know. Yeah, we. Yeah. OK. Yeah. You know, some adulterous pastors, you know, some you, you know, a past about somebody. Again, how outing somebody else makes your thing better. I don't know how it makes you feel better. So the number one thing is people can still have convictions, even if it's not religious. A person cannot be a Christian and say, I would rather my child not see that. I would rather not because it's gay, but just right, right, go right. into it. I wouldn't want to see a, a, a woman grinding on a man and, and have my child watching that. I, I, I don't care if, if it was a Madonna video or, you know, we were, this is not new. That's the one thing that's funny to me. Every generation had had, it. you couldn't do the doggone twist without going to hell in the fifties. Okay. <laughs> right. You couldn't do the right. twist. Right, right, right. You go to the sock hop and you were going to hell. So to me, I just feel like 
if we really are trying to be as progressive as we claim we are from that side of the fence, then you got to give grace for people who do have religious convictions. Let them have their convictions. They believe what they believe. Some of us are more conservative than others. Some are more liberal and open than others. But there's a broad spectrum of thought in the human experience. And when we start to decide for other people, you become the religious uh, zealot yourself. But your religion is your humanism. Your religion is your your context. And I'll say that the last thing I'll say about this is let me know when people like this rapper are going down on Jewish and Muslims and Buddhist people the same way they go down on Christians. I'll accept that these people are pushing against religion and and traditions when somebody is uh, pole dancing with the prophet Muhammad. <laughs> and the only reason people yes, sir. is because we are gracious and forgiving and we won't chop your head off for doing it. Yes, sir. The only reason people go with Christian. I, I said what I said is religiously incorrect. Y'all will not offend the Muslim religion, even though the Muslim religion in many cases, conservative Muslim, conservative Islam is far worse than conservative Christianity. And they will kill you for being a homosexual or for being a promiscuous woman. Absolutely. Talk about you. They ain't about to talk about you. They ain't about to preach on you. They will mutilate you. So let me know, since you want to be so bold, when you're really going to go at a Christian, I mean, not a conviction, a religious conviction that really practices what they preach when you talk about them ancient texts. Let me know. You know, that that's my thing. Y'all always going at Christians as if there aren't more Muslims in this world than Christians. And as if they don't have stricter standards, because they do. So that that that's my that's my spiel, man. Uh, and, and one more thing, I know we 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 got we got to move on, but let me just say this: Listen, all y'all brothers who are all upset with Lil Nas, and I, I get it, y'all upset, but y'all need to be just as upset with WAP because it's the same same video. It it's it the is. same video with just gay people. Let well, they they, they hated people. that too, and then you know they hated y'all that too because of those women. Y'all love Cardi. Right, right. So, so type your questions in. We'll try to address your questions. It's Ask a Black Pastor Night. Be sure to like and share. We've had some great guests. We've had Anson Dawkins. We've had uh, we've had Paul PDA Allen, right? We've had some great guests and more to come. But tonight, you just got us, so you got to deal with us. It's just us. <laughs> let's give ourselves titles. Uh, let's give ourselves titles, Jeff. Uh, I'm going to be the... Uh, the the uh the the, the uh, space bishop the space bishop <laughs> well, if you're the space bishop i am the 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 uh dark underseat uh, under, dark, under, dark under shepherd the dark under shepherd <laughs> all right all right <laughs> facebook was popping off instagram was popping off twitter was popping off this week with the love guru Derek jackson Derek Jackson, the missing Jackson. He wasn't in the Jackson Five because he and, and his and his wife. I mean, his wife made it even weirder. His, yeah, his wife is his wife is a religious fanatic, uh, and and probably needs some mental psychological help. Jeff, you know she's the ideal Christian woman. Man, you know, she is the ideal Christian woman. Nah, Doc. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So, so Derek Jackson was the love guru who loved making videos from his car, and now we know why. Uh, and <laughs> and it turns out he was having an affair, or and two. So he's getting beat down. And again, all have sinned, 
all make mistakes. And you know how much people talk about pastors. So I guess we can relate to this because people are always saying y'all up there preaching, telling folk how to live. And you've done this and you've done that. And I'm sure you've done wrong. But there is something audacious about particularly focusing on relationships, in particular downing often men and claiming to be an expert to women. I think that's a little different than just being a general advice giver or a preacher or whatever. I mean, he was really going in. And I mean, what's your take on that, Pastor Jeff? Well, it's, it's, I, I have a couple of different things. I think, um, like you said, when you're going to build this platform, you know, when you're going to build this platform up for, up for yourself, you, you have to make sure, you know, that ain't no leaves in your gutter mm. before you're trying to clean everybody else. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, when you when you build yourself up, because, I mean, we you know, we know that scripture that we have all seen, you know, but, you know, we're not putting ourselves up on this pedestal. Like, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, I know as much as I've messed up, I have to have grace, some type of grace for others who are following in these footsteps, you know, and, 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 you know, we have to uh, be, but when you're, when you're making yourself, you know, as if your, your stuff don't stink, you know what I mean? And then, and then, and then, Along with it, I mean, literally, he's making one of these videos at his mistress' house. Wow. You know, who was a doctor who wasn't in social media, but he's literally making the video. You're making the video about how good of a guy you are. (laughs) And so, I mean, let's just, you know what I mean? That takes a step because, you know, Jeff, this is often thrown at pastors. And now, honestly, these social media personalities, they are the new pastors. Absolutely. Absolutely. Social media gurus and advice givers. They're the new pastors. There are people who faithfully tune into them. If they threw their cash app up, they would blow up and get a far bigger offering than any of us ever would. And uh, and again, we as ministers and we've seen it throughout the church, we're preaching a general set of principles. And normally we don't hone in on one thing, though it has been said that there are people out there who really hone in on the homosexual and turn out that they got issues themselves and they hone in on adultery or fornication. But in general, most pastors are preaching on generic Christian principles and they might have a failure in some part of their life. Mm -hmm. We know we've experienced that you need grace, you know, in your life, but you, you might also need to acknowledge it. And we've all had to do that at some point or another. These people come out as independent gurus in certain subjects and they decide, and, and sometimes, Jeff, I wonder if to speak the way we speak, and I hate to lump us all in, but let's just be honest. Any public figure that speaks from a place of authority, right. you're supposed to speak with a certain confidence and certainty about what you say. Absolutely. And I think sometimes that is taken as, oh, you don't do no wrong. You're just portraying yourself as perfect. It's like a boxer. Boxers aren't cocky. They have to be confident or they'll lose before the punch is thrown. Absolutely. And I think sometimes that's thrown out there and that's the weight of hypocrisy is you were so confident about what you were saying. I'm supposed to be. It's what I'm supposed to be speaking and convicted of. And it doesn't mean I always get it right. And so that gets thrown at all of us a lot. Anybody. Oh, you up there like you don't do nothing. Well, maybe he never did it. Like I've never gotten up and said, hey, y'all, by the way, my sermon today is about all the sins I committed. You know, and some people... 
And some people think that if you don't go out of your way to expose, and I almost taught on this last Wednesday, like the only way to truly be real is to go out of your way to just expose everything about you and everything you've ever done and who you've done it with. Uh, so, uh, but I do think that if a person knows that a particular area, a particular area of life is one they are failing at massively, you might not want to preach that sermon right now. Absolutely. That that's it. That's that if me and my wife have an argument, yeah. I'm not going to church and preaching about uh marriage, uh <laughs> the love chapter first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just gonna leave that alone for a while. We're just gonna preach about uh David and Goliath or <laughs> right. uh, it just makes no sense. Jesus is coming back, you know. I, and I and I felt that conviction. I, I I have done wrong in my life. And even God was like, you know, I'm not gonna slap, strike you down. But you ain't preaching that till you get that right. <laughs> right. So honestly, people don't know that from a preacher standpoint, there is inner conviction. We're not always up in the pulpit crying and doing like Jim Baker or something. But mm-hmm. there is a preacher's conviction and God gets it right. And so these brothers and sisters come out and become authorities in people's lives. And we cannot judge because maybe they are in a place of repentance and and that, that goes back to the world kind of hating Christianity, because when they get up and say we are Christians and we're forgiving each other, and we're moving forward. Now the world goes, ah, now they're leaning on Jesus and trying to throw the Bible at people to get out of it. Well, again, that might actually be their conviction. It is. And I, I truly believe it. I mean, it, I think this brother's taking up as much slack as Steve Harvey was taking up. Right. Before, right. You know, when Steve had his book out and, you know, we, you know. I mean, obviously, Steve Harvey's book wasn't the Bible. <laughs> and matter of fact, a lot of it was contrary to the Bible. Right. But, I mean, it was principles. And like, you know, I think Sister Marla said it, you know, we have to, you know, we're, we live in a world that, that is polytheistic. We, we, you know, we're looking for whatever God fits the situation that you're right, in. Right, right, right. You know, if this person is preaching that, that's where I'm rolling with, because my situation uh you know, tends to lead to what they're talking about. So it makes it easier for me to live the way I want to live. Let's be honest. You said that. Perfect. We live in a world where people pick the God, the philosophy, the theory that fits them, including their own intelligence or thinking or reasoning. So just as much as some lean on the Bible and you think they're using the the word as a crutch. And so are you with your own philosophy, (laughs) with your own opinion. So are you with with whatever you think is right uh, and, and won't take it. We got a serious question. I think it's a good one from Janine. And we're, we're here to do it, even though we're religiously incorrect. Janine asked with everything. And, and Janine is uh, uh, an attendee and a member of Second Baptist. So I love you and praying for you. She's had a lot of health issues, Pastor Jeff. Okay. And she's asked with everything going on with her health wise, is it okay for her to be angry? Is it okay for her to be angry? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I would answer Anger is a human emotion. It is an emotion that because it's a human emotion, we will experience it. We will uh, endure it. I think it's important for us to not wallow and allow it to become a part of us and to become something that dominates us. If I walk outside and somebody has vandalized my house, I will be angry. If I wake up and I'm suddenly not able to do some function with my body and and you're in that place, Janine, and I, you know, you're going to be angry. You might start off as frustration, grief, surprise, disappointment, shock, anger becomes a part of it. And so 
I guess you have to be cautious and be prayerful that your anger does not consume you nor distract you from the goodness of God in your life, as well as the peace and the blessing he can afford you in your situation. And let anger have its moment and try to find a more lasting peace and joy in Christ and 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 see if God doesn't work through your heart, even if your situation does not change. Amen. Well, I would just add on to that. Um, the Bible talks about, I, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Jehoshaphat. Or, I, I can't remember who it was. It was coming up against Joshua and his army. Mm-hmm. And the, the Bible says uh, Joshua uh, was scared. Well, Joshua was afraid. Mm-hmm. And he prayed. I think right. that's really important. He was afraid. Come right. and, and he, he prayed. prayed. So when those emotions come up, you know, like Pastor Todd said, you have to let them come up. But it, it should not cause you to go on any further. It should cause you to stop and pray. Um, right. Because, you know, we all go through various issues and various situations, various sicknesses, uh, various whatever it is, we go through them. But the Bible says when sin has become full grown, which, it, you know, which is contradictory because we always say there is no sin greater than the other. So how right. does sin grow? <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? How does sin grow? But I think we, we begin to wallow in it. We begin to allow these things to take root. It brings forth death. So we need to be very careful in wallowing in uh, whether it's anger, whether it's whether, you know, whether it's grief, whatever it is. We, we you know, those emotions are real emotions, though. Get something you can afford to break and just break that sucker. <laughs> I mean, get an old TV. I'm serious. I mean, it's it's it's, it's therapy. You know, there, there, no, there, there's everybody actually, can't go for a run. Everybody can't. Todd, there's actually a place at the mall. Where I you saw that. You can just tear stuff up. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah a, it's, I mean, just get an old TV. You know, bust something up. You know, uh, whatever there. I mean, I'm, I'm dead serious. Actually, you know, therapeutic. You know, whatever, whatever helps you out. So uh, we're praying for you, Janine. Uh, and, and when we know that God is able, uh, not just to change the situation, but to keep us in the midst of situations that may not change, uh, for the better or for the result we want. So thank you for being a faithful watcher. We're here for ask a black pastor. We are, we are taking any and all questions, throw it at us, throw it at us. You got two black pastors on a show called religiously incorrect. Don't let this moment pass you by. This is the invitation. The doors are open. The doors of the religiously incorrect church are open. <laughs> this is the religiously incorrect altar call right Don't now. Don't let this moment to ask your black questions <laughs> while you have the chance. Well, while 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 we're waiting on while we're waiting on a question, uh let me let me ask you, what did you think about uh about the uh the state representative being pulled away she was the way she was down in Georgia? And uh, what do you think about the 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 uh, law that they changed down there uh, regarding our voting rights and our early early uh, absentee votes and things of that nature? You know what? I'm gonna say something that my brother said to me when we were in protest mode over here, you know, in Niles and and doing some of the things we had to do. As I thought about it a little deeper, of course, it's a shame. That's 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 crazy. You know, I'm sure it was set up like she knew probably, you know, they were prepared for someone. Mm-hmm. I, I'll say what was said to me. The more I thought about it, Jeff, the more I was disappointed she was the only one. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 
disappointed she was the only one. It's, and I'm not saying other people didn't have the heart. And maybe other people said they really won't do any good. It'll just be a display. It'll just be a, you know, attention grabber. And, you know, it's not worth it. There's other ways to go about things, which we hear all the time. We hear all the time. The activism side would be better in policy and, and pressure and whatnot. But she was by herself with just a bunch of people recording and yelling, you know, and I'm sure she had some allies there. But it would have been powerful if the entire Black caucus of the Georgia representatives and Senate would have all stood and demanded to make it public. My, uh, my one issue on it is that you allowed, which was absolutely ridiculous, but you allowed a whole group of people to cause an insurrection at the Capitol and walk them out. Yeah. As if, you know, everything was going to be a okay. You know what I mean? And you drug this woman out, um, which I mean, you know, from what I hear, they did tell her, you know, if you, if you, you do know, it, we're going to, yeah. We're gonna, yeah. But, uh, I, you know, it's just, okay, come on. The broader lesson here is that lower down ballot elections matter. And we have to be just as excited about these and, and engage with these representatives at the state and the county level, even as we are with the presidency Absolutely. and the governorship. And we all know that they're going to keep doing the work. And we applaud Stacey Abrams and so many other who are supporting her uh, because they caused this to happen. And to me, it's almost like when we say in the church, you know, you know, you're doing something right when the devil attacks you. Well, we, we know we did something right down in Georgia when they saw fit to bring those laws, you know, to fruition, to stop what they accomplished. They accomplished a great feat by turning Georgia blue. Yeah. And again, just like in Christianity, the devil wouldn't be on your track if you wasn't doing something Come on. for the kingdom. So uh, Mike's got a question. How hard is it not to laugh at some of the Easter outfits? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I want to say this. That's a good one, Mike. How hard is it not to laugh? Now from the pulpit, tough, <laughs> but I have a different perspective. I have a different perspective because, you know, we see all these memes of the wild pictures on Facebook, but actually the Easter outfit dilemma is not always in our church like that. Usually it's not so much that it's bright. Sometimes the funny thing for me is when somebody stroll up and they're like super outdated. Like you could tell this has been a one good suit for like 25 years back when they used to have like 19 buttons. I had one cat show up with like a cummerbund. Like a, like a tuxedo shirt and a cummerbund. And you can tell they really meant it like it's Easter Sunday or, or this is my first time going back to church. I want to dress up. And I'm like, but dude, you got your Michael Jackson uh, off the wall uh, tuxedo on. <laughs> you walked up in church because the last time you went to church was in 86. So for, for me, it is not it is not the suits at all, especially of the adults. It's when you're trying to put your kids in suits that ain't never been in a suit, but you're going to make them be in a you're suit. You're going to make them kids wear a suit. You know, they they trying to take off the... Wait, just, you leave that right. title on. You, leave right. it, you know, because just because you want to take a picture afterward, they don't want to be in that suit. They hate exactly. the suit. Exactly. You, you beating that kid and never... Now, now, my boys, you know how we do. Right, because right. we, like, hyped up our kids wearing suits and you get to dress like daddy, just like others do with different types of clothes. You know, you... You got the Nike fit on with the J's. You know, that's cool. But our kids can't wait and they love it and they want to look right. These other kids, man, they be pulling at that joint, trying to take their shoes off. Hey, they got them little uh, slick socks. They be trying to slide around the floor. With the... 
They try to dance like James Brown in their dress shoes. Uh-huh. Then they spilled Kool-Aid on their stuff. Kool-Aid, yeah, you can be going red stripes. They, the they had jelly on their soup. Before they <laughs> so the other part is the argument of what's appropriate for church. Because now I really think people are kind of either playing or really, really out of it. You know, some of these dresses, some of these outfits, it's just like, we're out of touch. I know we're out of touch. I know most people aren't traditional, but some of these Easter outfits, especially for my female sisters, they're, they're just, you know, they're, they're barely club appropriate. Right. And I'm tired of these, is this appropriate? And ah, come on, man. I mean, come yeah. as you are. First of all, it isn't in the Bible. So let's just leave that out. God didn't, God never said that. The church is open to everybody, but stop pretending like that's your best. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. It's what somebody wanted to wear. Listen, like come in that old 80s dress with the ruffles and the shoulder pads and say, that's my best. I'm cool. If you come in a $300 dress with both sides hanging out and your boobs flopping out. Listen, that's, that's the best or all you have. Mm. You got, well, you coming in and walking down that aisle and you got Deacon such and such going from the Apostle Paul to Forrest Gump. <laughs> it is a stupid does. You, you know what I mean? And all are welcome. We are we are the wrong ones to be calling judgmental because we're not. We're just we're just we're just hitting it from the other side of the coin. We're just hitting from the side of the coin. And uh we also have to realize that this world is not raised with that element telling them before they walk in what's appropriate and not. So that is where the church has to have grace. My thing has been it's not so much about inappropriate or inappropriate, it's about knowledge and ignorance. Right. And they just wouldn't know. And and I, the reason I know that is because church is not the only place. So we got to stop acting like people are just walking in church. They go to court like this. They go to their kids' school plays like that. And so the norms of our world have changed. And we church folk are still clutching our pearls. You know, it's just the world around us. It is not the old days. Uh, and and I just think that that's a... Uh, I just think that that's something we have to wrestle with. But but like you say, man, I mean, again, it goes back to convictions, Pastor Jeff. Stop being mad at folk for having a certain standard of decency. Absolutely. If they have it, they have it. Like like just like you have your own, let them have theirs. If you can't meet or if it gets toxic, then go your own way. But if I'm like, ah, I wouldn't wear that. That doesn't make me a phony, hypocritical preacher who doesn't accept people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tired of hearing that. Right. All right. All right. Jeff, you want to take the next question from Dante? Dante, where is it at? Where, where uh, Dante that? have one. He said, uh, what are some things? I'll read it. What are some things that, uh, this is the elder Dante Capers, uh, in principle oh, okay. Dante Capers. That's what are some a, things yes. that the black pastor is looking for from congregants that may be different from non-black churches? What are black pastors looking for from congregants? And then his next question, he, he, added a, he had a comment to it. When talking church membership, we often do so through the lens of what folks are looking for from the church. He's talking, what do the pastors look for from the congregants? Well, first of all, let's just be honest. We're, we're looking for faithfulness. Very, yep, yep. Oh, just show up, you know. I, I mean, it's it's really that simple. Show up, you know, and we understand that it's pandemic season and, you know, a lot of us still aren't, uh, didn't get get our shots or whatever, but, you know, turn on turn on the YouTube or the live video show up, you know, give. Let's, yep. just, let's just show up, give. I mean, real be a part. Be, be a part. part. 
Yes. You know what? The one thing, and I think we often wrongly assume when we say non-black churches or we say white church, evangelical churches, we're always thinking like mega and large. And we recognize that all white churches, most white churches are small, just like most black churches are small. I know we often forget that because all we see are the five or six big churches in our city and then everybody else is invisible in the white community. But Jeff said it just right. Dedication and commitment to actually be a part. And I would say that to a deeper in the black context. I've said this so many times, just talk to a white pastor about that. Because there's always less of us, there is more required of us to make things go for us. Yes, yes. That's the way I can say it. Because there's always less of us, there has always been more required of us to make things go for us. And so, you know, it reminds me, our, our boys playing sports, right? We all know how it is when we're trying to throw our kids on the soccer field or the thing. When we sign that kid up, it's all fun and games for us. But that coach, even if it's just recreation, they're trying to field a team. They're trying to teach fundamentals. They would love to win a few games. But honestly, if our kid is out there picking daffodils or or picking their nose or trying to play, after a while, that coach is going to say, why did you sign them up if they didn't want to play? Or they're going to ask that kid, do you really want to play? Do you really want to play? And I think that that's a fair conversation for the church. Not, and let's get off of this. People go through, people have hurts, people need ministry. I get that. But beyond that, as just being a part of something, mm-hmm. so many times our hopes get up because we see a family come in and they talk like they're just excited and ready to run for Jesus. And then, like you said, the commitment slows down. You can't get people to do simple things. Just like your kid couldn't be on a baseball team if they never showed up to practice. Why do people think they can be a part of a church and never actually attend? And and stop telling me the church is in your home when you came to my building to join my church. <laughs> Absolutely. Stop, stop telling me that, that the church can be in your home if you took the time to come to our, my church to join it just to tell me six months later, I don't have to come to church. To and, 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 and please stop. You got to stop because... We, you're dealing with an omnipresent. So God is everywhere. So yes, the church is in your home. He's in the bathroom. He's in, in a in the grocery store. He's everywhere. But there is a set place. And but but you know what you signed up for. Even if that's not your philosophy, don't join a church you don't intend to do be a part of. So let's go back to the black part though. I said this other thing because I've been talking to a white pastor recently. Not only do we need more, but there is more required of black churches. We're expected to do more. Absolutely. If we're not burying mama and cousin and all them every time somebody die, if we're not marrying and blessing everybody's baby, and God knows every time somebody gets shot, we got to be at the vigil, we got to do that. So there's more on us. And so we need more people to be a part. And I'll say one more thing as a black thing that let you jump in. Those of us who are younger who want to be church culture changers can't do it without people actually coming in and being committed to help us shift that culture. Yes. You cannot just keep complaining from the outside. Come two weeks, don't like how that usher looked at you. And I'm like, dude, if you would have gave it a year, you could take over the whole doggone usher board, you know, right. and, and shift yeah, it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, you know, I, I, it started way back when I was in high school, man. You know, I graduated from Wilson. Football team, about 15 people on a whole football team. So, you know, we had to play both offense, ways. Both ways. Defense. I had to run the kicks back. I had to kick the ball off, all that stuff. And so, you know, we got out of practice. We got, like, went to practice at 3.30 when school was out. 
We was out by 4.30, uh, <laughs> one hour of practice, walking down the street, walking down Indianola, and you're walking down Indianola, and you look to the right, and you see Mooney. And it's right. 50 people on a football team. <laughs> you know, you know, nobody's playing both ways. We think we got it good because we get to play all these different positions, but by the fourth quarter, we're dead tired. Right. Right. And we're, we're out of gas. We're out of steam because we've had to do everything. So in the fourth quarter, they always win. So right. that's, that's what it is. You know, we when, when we have these black churches, and you know, we don't have a lot. Of, so, you know, the usher is the praise and worship leader. So as soon as she get done, uh, <laughs> she get done singing. She got to pour the pastor's juice. <laughs> She's still singing and pouring the pastor's juice. <laughs> You are correct. And, 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 you know, we just don't have as much to pull from. And I've said this a thousand times. It, it, it does have a racial component. I've said it a billion times. We only, I was talking to Mr. Williams, Sterling McCullough Williams. His clients are 99.99% black. Mm-hmm. The white funeral home across the street uh, or down the other side of town is 70% white and 30% black. They get some of both. We only get us. Yes. So we just, it, it always feels like we're, and, and then people, watch this, black people will go to a white church and be like, yo, they didn't ask me for nothing. They just let me, sit. that's because they can afford to. Right. Absolutely. And I would just say from a black perspective, remember the black pastor is often seen as a de facto black leader. And they often, if they have a heart, which I know most of them do, want to see our black community rise up. And we know that the church plays a big part in it. And we just struggle and sometimes are frustrated to get people to understand that we just have to stick together long enough through the mechanism of the church beside other things. We're not against business. We're not against education. We're not against, you know, community recreation, but we know that the spiritual black church is a major part of our uplift, but we need committed people to help us. And we often are the key to unlocking a lot of the things we'd like to see beyond the four walls. But again, if we can barely keep it together in the four walls, you know, and there are other elements involved with that that we've talked about, then I I think that could be, Helpful. We got. Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me just flip, flip the script on that before you read this question real quick, okay. because I am a pastor of a small, small, smaller church. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have no we're near as many. But here's the thing. Let's stop just because we're a smaller church is putting people in places that they don't belong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's stop doing that. Let's because you don't have just because, you know, you're a smaller church and you don't have. Uh, an evangelistic team don't get butt button boo boo to be the event head evangelist. Right, right. Uh, you know, just don't have an evangelistic team. Just right. Let it go for now. Let do it go for now. Do and do what you can do best and do that. Right. You're don't, not, don't, don't just you know. Soon as somebody come in, you don't know their background. You don't know what church they came from. You don't know you know they theological beliefs, whatever, you know, you, you want to put people in position because you think putting people in position holds them. Or they're just not good at it. Yeah, they're just not I mean, good at it. I mean, if you can't count, you can't be a trustee or a deacon. You just I mean, putting people in positions does not hold them. It may hold yeah. them for a second, but it may hold them, but it's going to hurt you. And if, if they do stick around knowing full well, they probably couldn't function anywhere else. That's usually the most toxic situation ever. Absolutely. They absolutely. you over a barrel. Yes, uh, Lady Charlene, Asked, what was the funniest thing you saw while preaching? I can answer this easy. What was the funniest thing you saw while preaching? And how do you guys keep from laughing? Uh, I have two, and both of them are at my home church. The first one was, I believe it was Easter, when uh, one of our ministers, elders, grandchild came to church 
with their baby. And it was the biggest baby I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> and instead of a bottle, they had an entire milk jug full of milk, an actual gallon of milk. Full of milk. And this person walked straight down the middle aisle while I was preaching with this giant baby in one hand and this giant gallon of milk in the other hand and just walked to the front pew and sat down beside him. And I mean, I, I was too surprised. First of all, I'm mad at the ushers. I realized this is one of these people that you wouldn't have stopped them anyway. They're going to see their papa. They're going to see their papa. But it was just the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And the other one I would say is this lady, literally, uh, we were shouting and praising. And uh, she, like, started crawling up the steps of the pulpit. And it was a whistle lady. I think you know who I'm talking about. It was a whistle lady, one of those ladies that have whistles. And she walked all the way down the aisle and literally got on her hands and knees and crawled up the side steps of the pulpit. And when she got to the top, she just started shouting, like, doing the running man. <laughs> like, <laughs> she was doing the running man while she was blowing the whistle. But, th- but the crawl was so slow. Like, the shout was almost over. She, like, crawled most of the shout. And she was crawling on the floor. And she gets up the three little steps, stands <laughs> up, blows the whistle, and starts doing the running man. <laughs> I'm like, shout over. Shout over. Well, mine, uh... And I, 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 I'm not gonna say no names, but I was at a church and they're doing praise and worship, and uh, the dude start pop locking. <laughs> I mean, not not only, I mean, he was pop locking, but he done, he done a, you know, like twist the basketball. And yeah, 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 he's doing it all. <laughs> I'm like, what, what is going on? Breaking two electric boogaloo for Jesus. What is going? I mean, he was popular, and you know, but the church went out with him. You know, they was they rolled with him. I was like, all right. Um, yeah, yeah. But the other one was uh at, at another church, uh, and you know, it, it happens so often. You know, especially at these charismatic churches where somebody just takes off in a yeah. sprint. And I guess she didn't see the pillar. Oh no! I guess oh, she no. didn't see the pillar, and uh, uh, you know, the pillar didn't move. I can tell you that much right yeah. now. It didn't give way. It, I mean, she hit that pillar and hit the ground. Woo! I, but that, right, oh, that was it. W- w- welcome to religiously incorrect resetting the room. This is Ask a Black Pastor Part Two. We've been doing funny questions, serious questions. I think I want to go back to a serious question that Marla asked. Uh, it was before Dante's mic. Oh, and it's asking, "What do you think about a dissertation?" Okay, you're getting real deep with us tonight, Marla topic of the purpose of preaching in the 21st century from the perspective of the black preacher. The purpose of preaching in the 21st century. Thanks a lot, Marla. Now you're trying to make me think. (laughs) From the perspective of the black preacher. Well, I would say, I don't think the purpose has changed. I think the context has changed. And then sometimes the methods and approach have changed, obviously. We are not just preaching to a set group of people in one room, in one place, in one neighborhood or community. All of us are basically worldwide ministers, even though we still only got 12 people watching us on Sunday morning. It's still technically available to the rest of the world. But I would also say that the perspective of the black preacher is always dual. It's always gospel and social. Absolutely. It's always speaking to the kingdom mission and the gospel mandate. Beside that, seeing Jesus as a friend and ally to the oppressed, whom as black people we relate and continue to relate to 
And so I think we have to, and we do would do well to, in the 21st century, learn the lessons of the 20th century. And that is abandoning our social call does not help our communities. Absolutely. Abandoning our, our social call to try to fit in with the evangelical and charismatic and the broader community. There are places and times to connect with others, but there will always be mes- messages and approaches that are distinct and necessary because we found out the hard way the last five years. Ain't nobody going to speak up for us but us. So when it comes to the everyday practical issues our communities and our families face, we still need to hold the Bible in one hand, the newspaper in the other and have a few Dr. King quotes ready to go. And make Absolutely. sure that we're freeing our people. That's that's my that's my take. I couldn't I couldn't have said it more, better. You know, like you said, you you have to read the Bible and read the newspaper. We gotta, you know, we can watch TD Jakes, but also uh, watch a, a documentary on Martin Luther King. We have to, you know, the social the social aspect has to be, uh, especially in our Black Baptist churches, it has to be there. Uh, the the preaching, the purpose has not changed. It's the method. It's just simply the method of how we do it, what we do it. We cannot we cannot be so happy that the inside of our church is beautiful while the outside, uh, everything around the church is going down the hill. The community around the church is, you know, there's drugs being sold and things of that nature, you know. So let's 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 do more in that area. So I love it. I love it. Uh, Big Mike had a question. Big Mike added, what happened to Sunday night services? We don't want them no more. We're tired. Sunday we're night tired. football. Sunday night football. <laughs> we, That's what happened. Sunday night football on NBC. Uh, first of all, all the people that love to get testimonies are dead. And the ones that... <laughs> all the people that love to get testimonies are dead. And, and the ones that's left don't know how to testify. Don't nobody want to listen to that. We, we have generation people they don't know how to testify. We have we we are we are at a point in stage where the church and the time that we spend in church is under a microscope. It's just reality. You know, whether it's the preacher preaching, the song being sung, whatever it is, you know, people people's time is very precious now. You know, they want to get in and get out, whether it's, you know, whether it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, Friday night service. If, if you're if you're holding service that, that I, I just I just really believe that the age of two and a half hour services are done. It's over. Please let it go. Three hours. Ain't that much. I mean, I don't know how long church was in the Bible days, but I do know that everything is contextual to the culture that we're in. And and. Again, I, I concur with Pastor Jeff. And by the way, a lot of what, especially with church schedules, anything having to do with church schedules, mm-hmm. from the times that worship happens to the days to the three and four or five services a week, it is all cultural. Okay. There is no scripture that says that service has to start at 11 a.m. There is no scripture that says you have to have Sunday school first and then. And then, you know, by, then the service after that, old church used to have church first and Sunday school after that. Right. Uh, right. You know, everything was cultural, of course, out of black people, uh, as, as one of my older members who passed away said, we all went to church, spent all our time there because there was nowhere else to go. It, it, nobody else accepted you back in those days. And that carried over into a culture where people do accept us, others, you know, in other places. Now, we're not saying that time is the determining factor of everything. But it has to be interesting enough 
maybe whether it's a spirit field experience or whether you actually have something that captures people's attention. But the fact of the matter is church is filled with so much redundancy and unnecessary that, but I do, but Jeff, I'll be honest, we still are in an in-between generation and there are still some folk that if you don't get up there and give 15 minutes of announcements, they will not know what's going on. Absolutely. Let's just be honest. If, 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 and, and we've run into that. If you don't get that, if you don't say, please govern yourselves accordingly, you know, people don't, but it's culture conventions, you know, most denominations that have conventions, especially black, they were set around certain seasons where people were actually available and able to go to these conventions. Uh, Church of God in Christ had a famous story. They had theirs in November because it was after harvest. It was after the harvest. Everybody had harvested their stuff. They had a little money in their pocket. They could afford to go travel. They were done doing their work for the summer and the fall. So they could go the first week of November to convocation. Uh, that probably is why all the pastors anniversaries are in November because you finally <laughs> had some money. <laughs> You want to catch that Christmas money before you spend yes, it all. Sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> For Sunday night service, I mean, we lived it at Agape. Nobody was coming anymore. And it's the same reason I nixed our 8 o'clock service before COVID uh, years when I first got the second. If nobody's coming, why are we burning oil? And why are we wasting electricity? So some still have it. God bless them. I like to stop in. I'll tell you what I do miss about Sunday night service. Sunday night service was your time to visit and hop around and check. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was good. To see Dr. Melvin Howard or over the community. And a lot of it, a lot of it, to be honest with you, was when many of these churches had a lot of, 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 uh, of, uh, you know, uh, what are they called? Ministers in training. Oh, right. You know, it was a right. great time for them to preach. And, you know, get up here and preach to nobody. Get up here and preach to nobody. <laughs> get up here and preach a terrible sermon to nobody. And, and a lot of them put you up there and they set you down at the same time. Oh, yeah. They stop you in the middle of the sermon. Okay, you're done. You're done. That was, that was horrible, Doc. <laughs> that was horrible. Have a seat. But, but it was. I remember being lined up, going with my brothers over to Tabernacle Community Church of God in Christ. Man, we just couldn't wait to get on an offering time. People just make up songs, call and response, testimonies. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you lose your training. Like you said, not just ministers, but musicians. You yes. know, some cats could get on and try their hand and you were put up with them. You know, we would come with our own sticks and our little bongos between our legs and be beating on the bongos <laughs> or somebody on the side had a roto toms, little, little, little toms and be beating on them. I mean, that's but again, it's a part of an era. It's a part of an era. And and I can't get my kids to want to sing and, and, and play and do stuff like my my boys actually started asking about the organ after church today. So I stayed after and started showing them because I was so excited. They actually asked about how it works. But those all made Sunday night make. uh Make it now. I tell you what, Sunday night services growing up in the Pentecostal church, the seven o'clock services, I'll be honest, they way better than these whack four o'clock services in the Baptist church. If when we come back from COVID, I'll be happy if we never have another four or five o'clock because <laughs> man, you be half dead, man. You even have time to take a nap. Everybody is chicken sleep, everybody is chicken tired. You cut it started at four, they don't come to uh, 10 to five. 10 to five. You got to be the guest choir. Everybody all slow. Y'all come on, come on, come back. <laughs> yeah, I take a Pentecostal seven o'clock service over four o'clock or five o'clock Baptist service any day. And it's just from a tired factor. Like, give me some time. Then you got to sit there and, and eat their food, a pound cake and green beans and chicken afterwards. 
You don't want to be there. It, it, it just is what it is. Yes, it, it is what it is. Hey, I want to take a minute to thank our sponsors. Jeff already talked about uh, Phillips Care uh, Cleaning and Lawn Care. I want to make sure I shout out Phillips Care Fitness. They have acquired High Street Fitness in Cortland. Mike Phillips is the owner. I want you to check them out. Get your body right. Summer will be here before you know it. And I know we all got that COVID gut. Let's work that out. Work that COVID gut out. Contact uh, Mike Phillips. Look him up online. High Street Fitness on Facebook. You can look up Phillips Care Fitness. They will get you right. Mike will beat you down. He'll punch you in the shape. He'll Apollo Creed you into where you need to be. <laughs> running on the beach like Rocky. So we thank our sponsors, Phillips Care Family of Businesses. And if you'd like to be a sponsor on this fine show that reaches tens of thousands of people, we just believe that. You know how we used to do in church, how the church be empty. would be like the angels are filling the church and the <laughs> angels are here. We're going to start sending out sponsorship forms talking about the angels see your ads too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's Ask the Black Pastor. Now we'll take a few more questions. We want a few more questions. Black Pastor, I don't know if I missed any questions. If I missed it, post it again. It's Ask a Black Pastor Night. And uh, Jeff, do you have anything planned special for Easter? Uh, nothing special, man. Nothing special. Uh, just, you know, uh, regular service, man. And uh, looking forward to, once again, uh, the spot on Friday night with the TCIMA. Uh, That's happening? I, I wasn't sure of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I talked talk today. So looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, just... I'm I'm just happy to, that we actually going to be in service on on a resurrection Sunday. So you know what that means everything. You know yeah. that, that had to be the worst man doing yeah. an Easter service. You know online. I'll just be honest. I don't care. All, I know all y'all was talking. Oh, you're gonna reach the world. Nah, it sucked. <laughs> it sucked. Let's just be honest. It sucked. It did. It did. I would have rather preached to my hundred people. Then, then watch a, a thousand, you know, in a number that you don't even know what that means. Mm-hmm. I mean, if people bored and tuning you out, at least you can watch them tune you out. At least you can <laughs> have your voice up to wake them up again, you know. Call their name, something. <laughs> and, and can we be honest about it? You know, yes, there's a lot of blessings and opportunities, and we all embrace them. We're excited about them. But let's just be clear, you know, the online church thing had a lot of sucky elements to it. And it, but most of it has to do with just not being around people. And let's be clear here. And I'm sick of preachers jumping on this bandwagon, Jeff, of you just don't understand the way God is moving. No, pastoring means blessing babies and seeing people and loving them yes. face-to-face. acting like we just mad we didn't fill a pew or take an offering because we've done fine. And it's not that we are outdated and traditional. There are some things that are timeless. Yes. And I've had babies that are now toddlers that I should have been able to hold and bless mm-hmm. and spend that precious time with their families. People who had to put off their weddings or have small ceremonies with mass. You can have people, you know, people that deserved high honor, people that deserved high tribute. Yes. Watch their families have to say only 15 people can come in. That, that is not some opportunity. That is not some kingdom, you know, possible. It's not. It's something you mourn while you are embracing opportunities on one end. I think we have to be honest and mourn those organic, personal things that are called to the church that we did miss out on. And families will never get that back. People will never get that back. 
So let's, I mean, it's good to have that. I have that perspective. Of course, we built our ministry in different ways. Of course, we'll never go back on this opportunity to shift. But let's be honest, there is some stuff I never would want to and never want to shift from, period. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. so Marla asked, what books are you reading right now? Uh, Jeff said 50 Shades of Grey, part three. No, I, I, I am, um, I guess I work and I can't think of the name of it. Uh, I can't think of the name of it, but I am reading one. Uh, it's just, it's, it's uh, matter of fact, matter of fact, Marla, you might have it. It's from when we went to, uh, when we went from, when we went to uh, the thing with uh, Bishop. Well, not Bishop, uh, Pastor Heard. Uh, oh, full Gospel. Full Gospel. When we went to the Full Gospel Conference, uh, it's one of the books, uh, Mentor, Mentorship. I can't think of, think of the name of the book, but it's good, yeah. though. I'm reading a book called Known by God. It's it's interesting. I'm really skimming it for a class. Matter of fact, I got to finish a paper paper up about it. Uh, this past year, I've read actually twice through The Cross and the Lynching Tree by Dr. James Cone, which is amazing. The Cross and the Lynching Tree. It, it's just amazing. I actually had a pastor friend of mine who's Caucasian ask me for some black theologian books. And boy, I was excited to send them The Cross and the Lynching Tree. Uh, Jesus and the Disinherited by Howard Thurman, and of course, one of my personal favorites, which isn't technically theology, but it, it's social, and that is Letters from a Birmingham Jail by Martin Luther King, which everybody quotes, but you, most people don't read the actual book. It's a short book, and it's incredibly powerful. It David, Pro, David Provitt just brought that in a work the other day and showed yeah. it to me. It, it's an amazing book, and it's an easy, short read, and it's an indictment. It, it's, it's funny because it's the kind of stuff I get beat up for saying. It's literally verbatim, verbatim. He's literally like, white people, where are you? Yeah, yeah. Where are you? How yeah. dare you tell me to be quiet? You yeah. know, so yeah, Cross the Lynching Tree is, 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 is bomb, man. James Cone, you know, bless his heart, he died. He's always, always, that's always another one, Adam, where art thou? Um, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's phenomenal. I, I, I got to pick up some Marvin McMickle books as well. Uh, Marvin McMickle, I think he's at Rochester School of Divinity up in Buffalo, but he's by way of Cleveland too. Or Crozier, I forget. I think Rochester. Crozier's down in Boston. So, any other bla- ask a black question uh, before we bring in uh, Mike? See if Big Mike wants to share with us. Uh, this are- one question I gotta ask you. What you got, bro? What do you? What, how do you feel? And I love him. I love him. You know, I'm so happy he's in there. But how did you? <laughs> did you? Did you giggle just a little bit when you watched Biden fall up the steps? Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I said, no, Joe. <laughs> Not so soon, Joe. <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny. It was funny that happened. And you know, it happens to everybody. But what made it worse is they said it was the wind. The wind didn't knock it. The wind didn't do that. Because he's trying to run up the steps. Stop trying to run up steps. Yeah, he'd be trying. You know, that's the one thing about being older is some of these older cats, they try too hard to show that they're sprite and, 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 and light-footed and that they don't have to clod along. I'm like, look. You need to just take your time, Joe. You know, and you know, you know what I'm mad about? It is 2021. Why does this fool got to walk up 800 steps to get in that plane? And bend him one of the things that you got to Yeah, one of them lifts or something, man. Lift. How do you not have like an elevator on a truck or something at this point? It is 2021. And y'all made this dude walk up 1,200 steps. He's on the stairway to heaven. Up there trying to salute, falling down. He jogged three. He, he fell three times. Yeah, three I, times. I'm, I, like, I'm like, 
who still has to walk up these steps? You know this dude is 90,000 years old. This cat, this, this cat was, 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 had his house on the Underground Railroad. Harriet Tubman is helping him out. So it's just going to feed the people who say he's too old, even though Trump is only a few years younger than him. I don't care if this cat has to put a chairlift on that joint. Absolutely. He's a better president on his face than Donald Trump was on his feet. He's a better president on his face than yes, Donald man. Trump is on his knees. And and I don't agree with everything that that's said and done, but I appreciate there it is, Catway, but he got up. Put that on there. <laughs> Listen, I'm about to use that video on Sunday. He fell down. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> Didn't you do it? Well, he got up. Yes. Well, he yes. Do it. yes, yes. Well, he got up. <laughs> he made it to the top. Mm-hmm. He saluted his soldiers. Lord have mercy. He got on the midnight plane to glory. My God, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, Michael, here, hey, we all going to preach the same. same. <laughs> you need that biting anointing. <laughs> You need that biting blessing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tell your haters, bite in. Bite in. <laughs> bite in. Yes, oh, sir. man. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, so anything special. You, so, you're preaching Friday night. So, check that out. I'm sure it'll be online. My man, Pastor Stanford, will be the guest preacher, the featured preacher. Uh, he's going to put Jesus in the grave, going to roll a rock over him, going to yes, take sir. him down to Sheol. And 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 he's gonna do all that stuff, man. He's gonna. How many times are you gonna scream? He died. He died. Didn't he die? He sure enough died. And his he mama did it. cried. And he did it. and then you got to Yeah. Then you got to start. He died until the till the moon wouldn't shine and the sun went down and he died. That's me. That's me. That's that's me. I love I love preachers. Some dying. You yes, you want to hear you want to hear some good preaching from me? Let me talk about the Lord dying. Uh, truth be told, I think I think Friday night I'm preaching this, the the title of the sermon is uh, "The King is Dead." Lo- long live the King. Okay, okay. The King Y'all is dead. In. Y'all tune the in. Long live the King. So I'm, I'm I'm loving it. I'm I'm loving it. But yeah, so Good Friday. Y'all go to y'all churches. Remember, you still got to social distance. You still got to wear your mask and all that. Uh, and so going ahead, you can wear that bright pink suit, man. Go on ahead and get a matching mask. You know <laughs> go on ahead, man. They sell them everywhere now. Yeah, they got them. They, I didn't see sequins masks, you know, crosses on them, whole scriptures, the whole Bible on the mask. <laughs> Come on, Big Mike. Come on in here with us. Let's ask a black pastor. Anybody else got any questions? Be sure to type them in before we get out of here. Great show, fellas. Great show. Great show. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, man, that Biden thing, man. Um, I didn't want to lie, but <laughs> and, then, then, and then all the memes that came behind it. They had baseballs and golf balls hitting me. I'm like, I'm crazy. Yeah, no. yeah. Internet is undefeated, Doc. You gave the conservatives a field day, man. You gave the yeah, yeah, they, did. they did. They did. They're about to storm the Capitol again, see if they can make it. <laughs> Okay, um, real quick, since we're lightweight on politics, uh, what do you guys think about this whole border situation? What's your thoughts? You know what? Uh, it has never been a good situation. And to, to me, the way I look at it is no approach is perfect. This is a massive problem brought about by massive problems in other places. 
And it was a bad problem under Trump. It was a bad problem under Obama, under Bush and everybody else. Nobody, and Biden did say it. Nobody just gets up and says, let me go put my life in danger uh, for fun. Right. You know, there's obviously a reason people are running here. And it's the same reason people were running here and to certain other countries for centuries. And some of that has to do with the instabilities we've created around the world. That's what so, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've created that. But I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, we, we built, you know, we build homeless shelters for the homeless. We, we, we feed people in our own communities whose parents are capable of working, but don't work. And we make sure they have, right. you know, and I know that's a lot we already do for our own society, but it's not like this world is not already built on showing compassion and making a way for people, though we wish they'd make some other decision or do something different. But I wish we'd stop acting like these people have better options because they don't. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're not all rapists and murderers and Almost none of them are, according to most, most of them are. They almost want, none of them are. They want a better life. Right. They want to get over here. I mean, just like we do, you know. And I mean, I, I'm I totally agree with Pastor Todd. One thing I will say is, I want a job as Border Patrol. They balling. Border Patrol is making. They make it bank. We do make some bank. I'm about to go down there. Be honest. <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is, they're not taking jobs that anybody actually wants to do. Exactly. And and you know what? And that's and most of them are working. And yeah. that's been proven. That's been yeah. proven that, that that they're not taking the jobs that when they held them out, the agricultural people were hurting. Right. They were hurting for workers. Right. And secondly, most of them don't really qualify for benefits the same way we we assume there are provisions made for them. But mm-hmm. they are not standing in line at the welfare right. line. They are not, you know, getting the Medicaid cards. And if they do, they have probably gone through a process to 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 qualify for it. So. Right. You know, it, it's an ugly situation. I wish Biden the best in trying to address it, but let's just stop pretending like it's not bigger than him because it is. It's bigger than him. It way always bigger, has been. Way bigger, way bigger. Uh, I remember a few years back, I was probably in my early teens. Uh, we went on vacation down to Houston, Texas. First of all, that's a lot longer than a few years back now. Right. <laughs> oh, first of all, anyway, first of all, <laughs> we ain't gonna let that slide now. <laughs> let me yeah, stop you right uh, there. My my, uh, my cousin owns a business building swimming pool, so I rode with him one day, and we stopped at Home Depot. Now, mind you, it's like five, six in the morning, and yo, the amount of people just standing there waiting to jump on somebody's truck and go to work, that like really tripped me out, man, to see that. It was my first time really seeing it and experiencing it, you know, and now seeing what's going on today, man, how it's even worse now. It's, it's yeah. I don't know, like, like, Todd said, I mean, what do you do? What yeah. can you really do, man? Yeah, I mean, there's there's, there's trouble in our world, and, and you have to pay for the trouble and, and even see the, hate to say it like this, but like the tremors of trouble. Like, this is a ripple effect that goes so far back. Yes. And yes, there are bad decisions, but let's just be clear here. You know, the culture that wants to reject the refugees are the same ones who love our Jewish friends, at least some of them do love these Jewish friends. But back in the day, we rejected them too when they were trying to get away from Nazi Germany. Right. And we didn't want them coming over here on boats. And, and and a lot of that is xenophobia, racism. And, you know, we're funny people. And again, and let's be clear here, a lot of those people who are against it, their corporate friends benefit from it. Big time. Their corporate friends are the reason they're coming here because they know that there are cheap jobs. The, the laborers know that there are jobs and the, and the, and the, 
CEOs know there's cheap labor. Right. And so, let's be completely honest. If they could, they put us out. There it is. Well, if they had the boat to put us on, we'd be gone too. Go ahead and drink your whole thing of Hawaiian punch, Jeff. Just drink it out the bottle. Why are you putting up pretenses like you're pouring in a cup? Just drink it out the whole gallon. Now, I, I love it, man. I love it. So I guess my question now is we're reopening. We're reopening. What are you going back to, Jeff, that you couldn't do before? And what are you not? Uh, as far as you're talking about church, right? Church. Yeah, church. What am I going back to that I couldn't do before? Yeah, what was something that you could not do and you, you're like, I, I, I can't wait to get back to that? Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, just, I, I, I just, I'm just happy to have a crowd there. I'm just happy to have, you know, I'm happy to hear a man. You know, I'm happy to hear somebody. I'm happy to be able to call out names, you know, to be honest. And, and it's wonderful to see each week, you know, different ones coming back that haven't been there and, and, and beginning to talk to them. Um, obviously, Obviously, music uh, having having a praise and worship leader or team there uh, is just wonderful. I mean, I think everything about church, I, I missed it all. I mean, just to be honest, there's nothing. You know, obviously, my installation coming up. By the way, I need to talk to you about that because the date has been changed. Uh, but you know, those type of things. You know, when you take over a church, yeah, I didn't it, know the original date. By the way, but okay. <laughs> I told it to you. Yeah, you did. Uh, you did. It's on my count. It is. I'm joking. Um, but uh, you know, when you take over a church in the middle of the pandemic, and oh, yeah. it, you know, I'm not not in the middle, right at the beginning, as it was right around this time last year, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, maybe, maybe two weeks ago, uh, and I, I actually got installed on April 4th. So you know, just to you know, actually, actually be of the pastor of you know, I was actually the pastor of the church, but there was no church there. To be the right. pastor of. So to actually get a chance to pastor and to use what God has given me and equipped me to do it, I think it's going to be a phenomenal thing. So You weren't the first. It won't be the last. There's plenty of people that have passed of a church that doesn't exist before COVID. <laughs> <laughs> They're the bishop of nobody. <laughs> they are their own jurisdiction. Yes sir. yes, sir. Yeah, I, I the, the in-person fellowship stuff, you know, that, you know, getting back to the smaller intimate stuff of of like men's fellowship and a church picnic, you know, stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, just the casual thing. What what I won't go back to is the same format. Like, I mean, if I could not, and I hate to say this because I'm sure some of my members would be like, oh, man, here we go. But if I could like not go back to the traditional Sunday school schedule and do just like a schedule of weekly classes or different ways to engage people. I know that is a second Ooh. visit for some people. Ooh, don't 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 talk. Don't don't say nothing about uh, taking away Sunday school. After All right, let me edit that out. Let, edit that out, Mike. That didn't oh, happen. You were <laughs> when we have such a great crew. I think it works well, and a lot of the people were doing double duty anyway. And sometimes we're redundant a little bit. Uh, but I mean, I would love to not do that and and really really open it up. But uh, definitely getting back to some in person fellowship outside of just these church services Absolutely. we had a lot you know members that have come in and uh getting to know one another and then reconnecting with our community you know getting back out as a force absolutely. so absolutely june 6th june 6th uh cat uh sister cat is that are you saying that to me too yes yeah, like june 6th june 6th listen one thing one thing before you go before you go mike 
One thing I will, will I'm I'm uh, not looking forward to uh, as we're reopening is the online uh, <laughs> online uh, invitation sheets because I know they're about to start coming back out. You know, I I, I I'm available for this date. Need oh date. man, listen, <laughs> uh, I do uh, I do revivals, conferences, concerts, bar mitzvahs. Book me now. Book me out for your foot washing services. I I had a friend. I had a friend put up. Does putting yourself out there to be booked for engagements actually work for these people? Do people actually see these preacher advertisements and say, "Yes, I would love you to be my concert MC for our choir number two concert." <laughs> uh oh, Dave, getting on you, Jeff. Jeff. Jeff said you didn't have a congregation, so you decided to populate the pews yourself. You and <laughs> Dave Holbrook said nine months and bam, Pew has another member. <laughs> you gonna get him a choir, dude. You gonna get him a choir one way or another. I'm done. I'm done. Cut, Mike, cut. It's over. <laughs> I got you, Dave. I got you. Hey, Mike, Jeff said, upon this butt, I will feel my church. <laughs> that was a good one, Dave. That was a good one, Dave. I know, I know, I know Mike already looking at we're about to use that. We're going to use that all week long. That was gonna be a clip. That's going to be the clip on Instagram. So on on this butt, I will build my church. be on Instagram. Oh, my gosh. You said, yeah, you said, so you said, Tiffany, this ain't sex. This is evangelism. This is <laughs> We're doing the work of the Lord. <laughs> I don't even got no comebacks. I'm the comeback king and I'm done. Oh, my goodness. Oh, All right, y'all. First Sunday, April 4th, Easter edition. First Sunday, Easter edition. Yes, we will be on. Pastor Todd, Pastor Jeff, and I'll go ahead, and if it changes, because I got my confirmation tonight, don't have a fancy picture, but I threatened him, I put a, I put an embarrassing picture up, he don't send me one. If something changes, it's on Pastor Todd, but my good friend and brother, all of our good friend and brother, Pastor Mark Jackson will be our guest from the Light Church the in Youngstown, Ohio. Hey, yo, hey, hey, yo, I know why, I know why he named it the Light Church, y'all. Because how bright he is. <laughs> Oh, oh, Drake looking mug. <laughs> that's, one, that's one light brother. Oh, it's the, the, the high yellow ministries. <laughs> but my man, my brother, for real. I mean, we love each other. We're going to clown. He, he's a great brother. Enjoy lighthearted. Loves to have fun. He knows what we're all about. Uh, and we're proud of him. And he navigated this thing just like you. You took over a church in the pandemic. He launched a church six months before the right. pandemic started. And and uh, we want to talk about his story, you know, his past, his future, and and just you know relate to him. So Pastor Mark T. Jackson, the the preacher, the worship leader, the minstrel, uh, will be our guest next week uh, for Easter edition of First Sunday on Religiously Incorrect Podcast. Y'all make sure y'all like and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Make sure that you check us out, like the clip, share them, invite people to join our page. We want to build, build, build this ministry. It's not a ministry, y'all. This this is not possibly a ministry. This is this is somewhere between 
uh, Sanctified Church and Little Nas X. It's somewhere right in the middle. Okay, we're not quite lap dancing with Satan, but we're not carrying on the altar either. We're somewhere right in the middle, Mike. We're somewhere still on the safe side. So. No, Sunday night service. This is Sunday night service. Sunday right night now. service. This is where Sunday night service went. We got the testimony. We got a testimony. We got to yes, tell it. All right, Jeff, you got last word and Mike can take us out. I got last words. Only thing I got to say is let's hurry up and get off so I can go get make me another member. <laughs> <laughs> He's Bye, out. Man. Be Bye, man. <laughs>